Welcome to Life is Love School. Hey everybody, welcome back to Life is Love School. This week in the Women Only Coaching Group, we helped women understand how to communicate our feelings and then go beyond just expressing feelings to sharing why we feel the way we do. This way, people can understand the fundamental needs that are being unmet, and then we suggest a way to help us meet it. But because we also express the needs, they can also come up with other ways to help us meet those needs. During this discussion, a lady asked me the question. She said, "You may. This is all well and good if the other party is willing to communicate and willing to listen. What happens if, let's say, you have a friend who's chronically late?" And you ask her why she's late, if there's anything we could do to solve the problem, etc. And she just shuts down. I don't know if you ever dealt with people that communicate by not communicating or ghost you, like in a dating scenario. I've definitely dealt with people like this, and it can be immensely frustrating. So before I answer the specific question of that lady, let me share you a personal story. So last week, I was waiting for a painter to come and paint my house. My house recently had a flooding situation where several drywalls were destroyed. So we had to yank those out, put new ones in, and the last step is to repaint the walls. So after a lot of chaos, I was dying to get the house completely done. And this particular painter is somebody I trusted. He's done work for me before that I really liked. So I was really hoping that he would do the job, and he agreed. So all that we had to do is figure out a date where he would come to the house. Several days went by. I don't hear from him, and after about you know four or five days, I text him. I said, "Hey, you know, I haven't heard from you. What might be a good day for you to come by?" I don't hear back. I called him, left a voice message. I don't hear back. I emailed him and asked him if there is a time that works for him for us to have a call. I don't hear back, and at that point, I started to get a little frustrated, and. I realize that my need that is not being met, that's driving that feeling, is I need to know, as in I need to feel a sense of security. And because he's just kind of leaving me dangling, I felt like I had zero power in the situation, and that's what's driving my unease. So then I took out the journal and I started to journal. I wanted to understand why do I feel so frustrated and uneasy, and. So I, you know, uncovered that, and I just asked myself, "Do I really have no power?" Right? I started to question my assumptions that he has all the power and I have zero power, and I realized that that was actually the wrong assumption, because I actually have a lot of options. I did not have to wait for him. I have other options. I can hire other people. I can paint it myself if push comes to shove. Even though I'm not a professional. So what I ended up doing was on the Friday I told him by text. I said, "Hey, haven't heard from you. If I don't hear back from you by Monday, I would assume that you are not interested in this job, and I will move on to find somebody else." Notice that I didn't ask him, "Hey, would you please get back to me on Monday?" The reason I didn't do that is because, again, if I were to ask him to do anything, that would be. Hinging on him and whether he will say or do anything, so I'm still giving my power away. My response is, I'm not waiting on him. So if he doesn't get back to me, I simply move on by Monday and I find somebody else. In my case, he actually did get back to me, and what I did was I asked him. I asked him what's going on. Like, hey, you know, I didn't hear back from you. Did something happen? 
And so he told me that it's actually because he was going through a really rough time with the wife and he moved out and they're likely going through a divorce. So he put all his client jobs on hiatus. He didn't get back to any client and he apologized profusely. So I learned a couple things here. One is I do have the power. I have to make sure that I understand where my power lies and where my control doesn't lie. My control doesn't lie in where what he will do or what he will say, but I have full control over my decision. If he doesn't get back to me, what I will do. So remember my power lies in myself. And this reminds me of a quote by Alice Walker. She said, the most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. So that's lesson number one. Remember where your power lies, which is your words, your actions, your decisions. Number two is to be mindful of the story that you tell yourself. So if I were to tell myself a story that, hey, maybe I somehow I irritated this guy by leaving a voice message and a text and an email, then I would start to suffer. I might feel guilty, etc. Right? There's a tendency for those of us that grew up with um, abusive parents to self-blame because perhaps we took a lot of the blames that didn't belong to us growing up because our parents tend to blame us for things that are not our fault. So if that becomes a habit, then we might become grown-ups that have a tendency to self-blame. So it's really important for us to not assume anything and be careful of the story we tell ourselves. Instead of assuming anything, just ask the other person like, hey, what's going on? Um, I saw this happening. So I told him like, I stated the facts and I asked him, hey, you know, I haven't heard from you for this number of days after leaving voice and text message. Can you tell me what happened? And I just remained curious and open, non-accusatory, non-defensive, non-aggressive, and give him the space to share if he's willing to share. Never in a million years would I have come up with the possibility that he was going through divorce because until then, from everything I heard, is that he had a very happy marriage. You just never know, but our brain would make all sorts of guesses and a lot of times it guess wrong. So instead of guessing, just ask. And the last lesson I learned from this is, and it goes back to answering that lady's question, which is what do we allow versus not allow in our life, right? In my case, I was setting a boundary for the painter. I'm saying, if you want me as a client, my boundary is I will give you three more days. If I don't hear from you by Monday, I move on. So that is a very clear boundary. And I was ready to deliver the consequences if he did not get back to me on Monday. So there are people that will honor you, your needs for communication, if that is a boundary, right? If you want your friends to be respectful of you, to be willing to work out issues with you, that's a boundary of yours that I would communicate to that friend. Now, you don't have control over whether she will understand that boundary, whether she will honor it because she cares about how you feel. You have no control over that. However, what you do have control over is how close you let people be in your circle. So I'll give you an example of a pets. So I have a cat named Snuggles and Snuggles is really well trained. She knows that we don't like her to go to toilet anywhere else other than her litter box. So she's always very good at that because she respects our requests and our boundaries. And that is a boundary, right? To say, hey, in this house, please go to the toilet in designated spots. Because she's so understanding and so, so um, good at following our boundaries, we allow her free access all across the house. 
My friends who have rabbits, on the other hand, they can't toilet train their rabbits. So they have to keep the rabbits often outdoors in a cage, right? I hope this kind of stimulates some analogy for you in terms of people. Some people, they may not even understand the concept of boundaries. They consider that an affront. Uh, some of you deal with parents, toxic parents that are like that. You grew up with no boundaries. And as an adult, you try to have boundaries with them. And they consider that to a total no-no for them, that they're, they're the only ones that can have boundaries and you cannot. So with people like this, you may want to consider them more similar to rabbits and keep them a little bit further from your life if you still want to keep in contact with them. And some people choose to have no contact and those are all possibilities. But just consider that people go in a range from you know, the cat as an example to rabbits that are untrainable. There's nothing wrong with rabbits per se. They're cute, they're adorable in their own right, but they simply don't honor your boundaries, don't understand your boundaries. So it's really up to you how close you allow them to be in your world. I hope you find it helpful. If you enjoy conversations like this, where you learn skills that you can apply to your daily life and help you have more peace and more harmonious relationship, I welcome you to join the ladies and I in our monthly coaching program, where we have really lively questions and answers and everybody shares their experience. It's wonderful because you never feel alone and you get lots of great suggestions. So I'm excited um, that we have this group and I look forward to talking to you next